Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Landscape Nerd Podcast. This podcast is all about the outside world, what we do in it, how we make it, what we grow in it, all of that. And that means it's really all about people and how we interact with landscape. Now, if you're not a landscape enthusiast or a hiker or a designer or whatever, that's totally fine. I guarantee you, you're going to learn something new today. And if you do, then I am as happy as can be because that's my goal. Every episode, I want you to learn something new because that is what being a landscape nerd is all about. My name is Macy Nelson, and I am the host and creator of this podcast. And I'm just really happy that you're here. Let's get started. Today's topic was voted on by the audience via Instagram. In this poll, I gave a few options and I was really excited that this was a topic that was chosen, but I didn't realize how difficult of a job I had just given myself. The winning topic was botanical illustration, and it is fascinating. But the trouble with writing about this is that the topic is primarily visual and completely image based. And then I'm choosing to talk about it and describe it through audio. But I am up for the challenge. So imagine that you are a healer in ancient mm, Egypt. Let's say Thebes, to be exact. What if you had witnessed people passing away from ingesting the wrong plant or in herb being used incorrectly? What if also you saw people heal almost miraculously from just the right mixture and herbal concoction? How would you want to keep track of that kind of information? Well, in 1500 BCE, that is exactly what happened. On some of the ancient wall carvings, there seems to be one of the earliest depictions of botanical illustration. Botanical illustration is a visual way to communicate plant characteristics. So that way you can keep track of what's poisonous, what's not, what does something do, what does something look like so you can identify it properly. Now, that is one example. The more Western and widely accepted origins of botanical illustration comes from the book De Materia Medica. And this was recorded around 50 or 70 CE, created by Greek botanists with the intention to help readers identify plant species for medicinal purposes. So even though that is literally ancient news, how does this relate to what we need to do today? Well, botanical illustration now has moved beyond helping us identify plants. It's now become a way to communicate with the world around us. We are able to actually change the way our brains think and observe, which can lead to understanding your spaces better, but also keeping you safe, making sure that people around you are safe. You are not hiking through poisonous plants and no one's foraging the wrong thing. You know, knowing the difference between a poisonous hemlock and a carrot can literally save your life. And botanical illustration is one way of making sure that information is recorded for life. And I can hear the questions now. Like, Macy, why don't we just take a picture? Right. Like, why don't we just use pictures and use microscopes? And that way we can record all of this. It's easier. It's faster. And that's kind of true. That's one aspect. But the thing about photography is that it relies on light and light is very tricky. 
it can be manipulated, but also it can manipulate the way we see things. So if you're looking at the finer details, the tiniest things that set apart plants from one another, if the light elongates that feature and makes it look distorted somehow, the depiction of the plant is now false. Just think about your own photos. If you have bad lighting, you may not want people thinking that that's the best and most accurate image of you, right? So the same rule applies to botanical illustration. It's trying to capture the best, most detailed, and accurate characteristics of a plant. And a big part of that is not using shadows. So in a botanical illustration, the easiest way to recognize it is that it is typically a white background with an ink drawing and it uses no shadows. So it's like a floating 3D object. But you can also have ones that involve color and those are the ones you might see. They're very illustrative and they're kind of vintagey looking. And they include pieces of the plant, like the petal or the flower as a whole or the leaves or maybe a dissection of the stem. There's a lot of components that can happen. And it takes a lot to put one of these images together. So the end result of a botanical illustration is that it's informative and it's pretty and you understand what the plant looks like. You need a lot of resources. First of all, you can use a picture as a reference, but you also need a real life specimen, whether that's a dried specimen or one that you plucked from the ground. It needs to be able to inform the artist or the illustrator what pieces are needed to really bring this scientific document to life. So Alice Tangerini, who is a botanical illustrator for the Smithsonian, which is the U.S. Natural History Museum, she talks about the importance of these illustrations and how many components are needed for creating a great illustration. And that the picture, a dried specimen or live specimen, but you also need the scientist. You need the person who understands the details of the plant and the morphology. And then you also need the eye of the illustrator. So It's a great way to get different perspectives on what's important about a plant. And I think we can expand on that. So as landscape designers or anyone who's involved in landscape in general can benefit from botanical illustrations because your perspective will give value to any sort of illustration. Like if you're a farmer, maybe there's a stronger interest in soil interaction and root connection. And you would depict, or if you're a designer, you might be more interested in the form and the habit that a plant will grow in. So scientifically looking at maybe the life cycle, what does it look like at installation, right? Like as a tiny one foot plant versus 10 years later when it's six feet tall, that's the kind of nuance that can be added to an illustration. Additionally, it allows for us to catalog plants and those qualities. So using those same two examples, maybe by cataloging what happens with certain crops, visually, it's easier to understand what works and what doesn't, what belongs together and what should not be planted together, or also what looks the best, what looks the best for now, what's going to look the best in 10 years. And that can be communicated graphically, and it will help us process that kind of information better. Now, I do not 
do botanical illustrations myself. So I needed to look at many other resources. And I was fortunate enough to speak to a local botanical illustrator named Amy Lewandowski. So we went on a very wintry walk back in January. And we're talking about how the process of botanical illustration is a labor of love. On one hand, it can be very quick and allows for you to get the image of those plants in your mind quicker and log things that you see when you're outside and it makes studying places easier, but also it can be very precise and it can be very exact and it can be very time consuming. So it truly is up to you on what you want to capture. She also gave me a piece of advice that if anyone's going to look at botanical illustration, choose something you are interested in. For her, she has a specialty in seeds and in sticks. And those are things that, you know, you can pick up and take home with you so you can observe them and capture all the elements that you see. But, you know, for someone else like myself, it might be more about flowers and fruits and trees. So if you were going to attempt something like a botanical illustration, there are some rules to follow. One, no shadows. Two, use the tools you have. Pen and paper work great. Three, lay out your design of the page because there's so many aspects to a plant. You really need to make sure that all of this information is being read well together. So you don't want to just randomly plop things and then it is hard for someone to understand what you're trying to say about a plant. And if you're from the design world, think of it as laying out a board. It's communicating a specific set of information and you have control on how someone reads it by how you lay it out. And lastly, choose something you want to learn about, right? You want to make sure that you're not just picking the tree because you think you're supposed to, like, if you don't care about trees, don't pick a plant that you don't really care about. You know, if you have a house plant that you adore, start there. If there's a favorite fruit of yours, start there. Make sure that you fall in love with it because what comes next is really incredible. Now I want us to talk about the ways in which botanical illustration can literally change the way your brain works. So I know it's hard to accept, but your brain's already being changed all the time by your environment around you. And something that's happened to many, many people, especially people who live in urban environments, is something called plant blindness. Doesn't mean that you don't see plants, but it kind of does. So it means that when you look at something outdoors, um, in a planting bed, or maybe you find your way to a forest, even though you live in the city, and you just see green. Your brain isn't trained to differentiate between a shrub and a perennial, or one type of grass looks like any type of grass to you. And that's okay. It happens to so many people. But it does mean that you put yourself at a disadvantage because your brain is not able to pay attention to certain visual cues that happen in the landscape. You just see green. And our brain has a eyed brain system that gives us the ability to filter things out because there's too much data. But what ends up happening is that 
we don't understand plants at all. And if we can't recognize them, we don't know how to use them to our advantage. So whether it comes to diversifying landscapes or understanding what's poisonous and what's not, our brains aren't learning how to utilize that information to the best of their ability because we just don't engage with them. And botanical illustration starts to introduce people to engaging with the green things around them. Some of the larger arguments for why botanical illustration is important or why plant blindness is really scary is because of global warming and how plant diseases can happen and eradicate a lot of our food our food sources, uh, not just for us, but for many ecosystems and how disruptive that can be if we don't know what we need to protect and how things operate. Now, I am inclined to agree with that. I also want to acknowledge that there is a historical component too, that there are new species being being discovered every day in remote places, and we need to know what they are and to catalog them because they may serve a greater purpose later. Or there can be species that were around a hundred years ago that were cataloged and are now either coming back or maybe they really are gone forever or maybe we're able to understand things better now than we did a hundred years ago. Those are the reasons why botanical illustration can really help inform you and change the way you literally see the world. Because once you start to understand what all these different plants are, your eye brain system can filter in that data as well. So when you're looking out into the landscape, your brain will be able to identify things without overwhelming you. And I know that's the very baseline, like super concise version of it. There's so much more information on this topic. And anything I mentioned here today does have a link, does have a source. I try to keep things as accessible as possible. So everything I've mentioned, I'll put a link on the resources page on the website, www.thelandscapenerd.com. And in that resource page, you will find all the links that I used and everything is free. So any resource that I use is publicly accessible. The last aspect that I'm going to highlight is that the way we look at botanical illustration today does come from one viewpoint. I gave the example of an Egyptian stone relief uh, being a way to catalog plants, but the, the widely accepted version is a cataloging system established in ancient Greece. So that's not to say that there aren't many, many systems and many ways that people illustrate plants. There is some debate on what the difference is between botanical art and botanical illustration. And usually it comes down to the accuracy of the morphology of the plant. You know, how realistic does the drawing look? But that doesn't mean that artistry, especially botanical artistry, can't also be telling because the way our brains work are vastly different right? In some cultures, color may be more valued, more distinguishable, and therefore more telling about what plant is what, right? There are plenty of cataloging systems that existed way before the Latin naming system of plants or this De Materia Medica, but we just don't have a lot of that information. There are some artists and some journalists who have written about it. Emmett Lipson, who wrote an article back in February called Decolonizing Botanical Art, 
I'll link to that article as well. And what is wonderful about it is it gives a perspective of how illustrations in different communities and different places around the world can discuss botanical information, right? And I think that's incredibly important because artwork is communication. And if the goal is to communicate science, then it's something worthwhile. There are some images that the article shares that has these incredibly vibrant pink and red flowers, and you have it adorning the head of a woman. And when you look at it, it's gorgeous. And then I get this little voice in my head that's like, oh, is that art or is that illustration? But it doesn't really matter when you take off the lens of what botanical illustration is in a very narrow sense, right? Like if you take it from just the ancient Greek version of it, then yeah, it's it's botanical art. It's not illustration. It's not communicating strictly scientific things. But if you look at it from another perspective, it's just a strong way of communicating a characteristic. If you want to learn more about this topic on your own, I encourage it. So I'm going to list a few things uh, like organizations and articles you might want to check out right now, but also I will put them on the website, like I said. So the American Society of Botanical Artists is a great resource to understand just a general scope of the work illustrators and artists do. Also, this really cool resource I just found, something called Draw Botanical. They also have a lot of resources for understanding botanical art in in many different ways. And then uh, National Geographic does a couple of pieces that I think were really helpful and it was easy to digest plant blindness and um, botanical illustration. So that is it. I mean, there's, there's probably a lot more. And like I said, I'll just check out the links, but it was, it was really fun to do this and thank you for voting for it. Thank you so much for listening with me today. I hope you learned something new because if you did, then the only thing I will ask in return is that you share this episode or something you learned today with a friend. There are so many landscape nerds out there and I can't wait to meet you all. But until then, this is the only way I have to talk to you. (laughs) So have a great day. I hope that you keep nerding out. I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye.